This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. I am JP Mosier. And we're here to celebrate the greatest songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you why they're great, why we think they're awesome, and why you should too. JP, how are we doing today, man? I'm doing fantastic. I'm here in a room about the size of a Ford Taurus, hanging out <laughs> with uh, Rob and another fellow ginger, good friend, musician extraordinaire, keyboard player, through the roof, drummer, off the charts. Jason Furrow. Nailed oh it. Jason Hunter <laughs> Furrow. No, ladies Jansen. and gentlemen, Jansen Furrow, who... <laughs> The first thing you need to know about Jansen is whenever he goes into a restaurant and they ask for your name, like at the counter or whatever, <laughs> he just tells them Jason. It's not worth They it. always forget the N? Yes. Every well, single if time. If I say Jansen, they're like, Jason? That's or they a, spell it J-A-N-T-Z-E-N. Try it's being just initials. Not. I get J-T-T-J-P-P. That's always a good one. So I just kind of roll with that. Hey, P-P. roll. Order ready for PP? Yeah, that, that's me. I used to. I normally give the name Yorder because I like to hear him go Yorder. Yorder's ready. Oh my uh, gosh, I like that one. That's but, so very uh, JP. That's a good one, right? Wow. Well, uh, JP, tell us a little bit about yourself so the audience can get to know you. Where Where can we find you online? What do you got going on? I think these you days? just asked me to introduce myself. Did I say JP? <laughs> you did. Sorry, we're JP, both right. Ahead. Ahead. I know. Pong, this is like the this UT Vols. This this recording is like the Ginger Council of Elders. Oh like, man, you know what I mean? We're just, <laughs> can I be the Ginger Gandalf? That's all I want. Sure, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You shall not pass. Uh, so okay, uh, Jansen, tell us a little bit about yourself. I, I guess JP already did. Musician extraordinaire. Where can the people find you online? Uh, people can find me online at Jansen the Ginger on Instagram. Follow me as I follow Christ. Halle. Uh <laughs> On there, you'll see a lot of the places 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 that I go with different groups. I travel with a few different groups, uh, ministry related, uh, missions related, also secularly. Um, just depends on the week, depends on the day, but. Music is my game. Rob and JP are two of my greatest friends. Rob has helped me through the toughest times in all of my life. Hey, and now, listen. Has... We don't, I, maybe, I, I know you're new here. We don't really do serious. Oh, t- oh no, no serious? Okay, Rob. We don't is, really go there. Rob's beard is just, uh, if, if you can just touch it, the hem of his beard, then you'll be here. That's how it goes out here. But... I love it. Welcome aboard, Jansen. We're glad to have you, man. Yeah, absolutely. It's been too long. We literally waited to do this song for you. By the way, Mm. if you're listening on release day, uh, then this this song is going to have a special significance for you because today, release day, is September 21st. And the song that we're doing today is none other than September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. Let's take a listen. i 
The groove in here is so strong right now. Like, just, we're dancing. It's thick. We're, I mean, we're, we're in a very small space. We're recording, <laughs> we're recording in the entryway to a bathroom today. <laughs> also known as a closet. Also, like, it's, um, so normally the, the studio that we record in, uh, is the space that we normally go to, but today it's, it's, there's some other stuff going on in there, so we couldn't. So, um, today we're across the building in, like, we're literally in the what do you call like the bathroom foyer? <laughs> foyer. Like, we're That's sharing very... a fifty-seven mic. We're just all around one <laughs> mic. Right. We're so close, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, our cheeks are touching each other's lips. Um, yeah, it's great. It's a lot of fun. But uh, I don't even know why I felt the need to share that. But I just want you all to know how close we are right now. Mm. Like it, it's just it's just a room full of red hair. I smell basically what's happening right now. <laughs> So, uh, September, uh, happy September 21st. The 21st night of September is the setting for today's song. September released as a single in 1978 by the band Earth, Wind, and Fire. Included in the album, The Best of Earth, Wind, and Fire, Volume 1, uh, but originally recorded during the sessions for 1979's I Am. Uh, not included, I find that chronology a little strange, that they were... Going in the studio, I guess they just, I guess they just got in the middle of the song and realized this is a banger. We got to get this out immediately. Mm -hmm. So they released it as a single only. We've talked about before that like that doesn't really can't, happen anymore. Can't really find it on a non-album. Like right. there's not just a single floating around out there. Somebody has it on their right. album for like, the most part. John Mayer's been doing it a little bit recently, but uh, but that's kind of the only example that I have of somebody, Beyonce's somebody been just doing it a too. single. Has she? Yeah, she's been trying to. Or, and also, I mean, I don't know how many people know like the Binions and whatnot. They're releasing everything as singles, and yes. then it becomes one album. Okay, so yes, that, and that is kind of we've talked about that as a trend. But like, it eventually ends up on a part of a project. Yeah. But whereas this was just on just on the best it's of floating mm -hmm. around out yeah. there and on a greatest hits album. Yeah. Um, so originally recorded for the sessions for the 1979 album I Am, but not included on the album. It was included in the Best Of, which came out in 78, and then as a single. Uh, charts and awards, it hit number one on the U.S. R&B chart, number eight on the Billboard Hot 100, and number three on the U.K. singles chart. They like to party in the U.K. This is a universal groove, universal, you know, party. Uh, written by Al McKay, guitarist for Earth, Wind, and Fire. Maurice White, who is kind of the driving visionary. When you think of Earth, Wind, and Fire, you think of Maurice White. Maurice. Maurice. Uh, shouts out to my son, whose middle name is Maurice, and my father-in-law, whose middle name is Maurice, and his dad, whose first name was Maurice. We got a long line of Maurice. Shout out to Steve Miller, who some people call Maurice. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Allie Willis, the third writer on this song. And I, I really can't wait in... in um, in researching for this song and prepping for this song, the thing that really just leapt off the page to me was Allie Willis. I didn't know anything about her before the song, uh, but now I feel like uh, we have bonded and she's part of my soul now. So I can't wait to talk about her and, and everything that she's done in the songwriting community. Yeah, the song uh, is in the key of A major, party key, right? Um, party. I don't know why. It's a good guitar key, though. Um, Key of A major tempo of about one twenty six, but uh, we were kind of kind of talking offline while we were listening. If you if you listen to the song on repeat, you'll get to the end, and then when it hits the beginning of the track again, you'll go, "Man, this feels slow." Like this song, this song speeds up. This is they didn't record this to like a metronome or anything like that. So um, as the party gets rocking, the the beat kind of runs away a little bit, and so when you when you hit that loop again, listen to it a second time, you go. Was it this slow the first time? Like, mm. did, some, did something change? Something happened? 
Um, okay, what you got on this song, uh, Jansen? You got anything interesting you want to talk about? I love how the genre is described as Afropop. Afro Afro pop. Wow. First of all, that's racist. That it's uh, it's something. Yeah, it's racist. Um, <laughs> it's what's on there. I don't know. I mean, you get the R and B, soul, funk, jazz, disco. I mean, it hits. It hits all genres that I can think of. And as a as far you've covered the nostalgic aspect of it, as far as that goes, like the logistics of what it took to be able to get it there, but. In my own life, I had a rule that whenever it is that I first heard this song, that not a lot of people know this, that I would, no matter what the 21st night of September was, no matter what day it was, if I was dating somebody or if I was interested in somebody, I would always make it a point that year to be able to say like, okay, this is going to be the day where I'm going to take out this girl. Like I I have, I see this girl, like I've never talked to her. Oh my gosh, she's beautiful. I've got red hair and freckles. How is she going to talk to me? (laughs) Uh, This was the night. This was the day always that I would be like. I'm going to ask her out. And I did. And like, was this could, your pump up song to get yes, you going? Yeah. Was yeah. This- well, it was, it was my pump up. I also listened to this on my college graduation, which was in like December, but I woke up that morning. like. <laughs> but I love the, um, <clears throat> listen to it with a stereo mix. Uh, if you're just listening to it with headphones, you hear the, there's, there's a few guitar parts that get me just at the very beginning. He's not, uh, he's not, wailing he's not going anything like yeah. that but it's burnt 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 it's so funky yeah it's it's just funky it's like sing it's just single string but, but at the same time if you think about it if you take that out it takes i don't know if the song would ever be the same yeah whatever let's it is you listen, think about let's it. listen to the super clean guitar part at the beginning let's because it, it, it's, it's good to note that let's take a listen to that again All it is. Come on. And then this. Sold. Yeah. Sold. Whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm buying. Yep. You know what I mean? At that point, it doesn't really matter what comes after that. Uh, if you get, you got me right there so hard, it doesn't really matter what comes next. We should we should mention that the reason we brought Jansen in, in particular, on this song is, is just because, like, this song means so much to you. Like, this is your jam. It's it's your ringtone. It's, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's my ringtone way before today. Yeah, way before today. Like, this is an important song to you. So I wanted to make sure we got your perspective. We want to celebrate it from, from every angle. So I know you've got major love for this song. My phone is always ring. Uh, so in not just in music and uh, just playing, I also do bookings for different people. So my phone is usually ringing throughout the day to be able to do this, that, and third. And I just got so tired. I got to the point of where it was getting stressful. Like if I would hear my phone ring, I'd be like, oh my gosh. And my heart would start racing and all the bad things. I was like, how can I alleviate that? But yeah. still pick up my phone. Earth, wind, and fire. So this now every answer. time, now every single time I did it, I hear it. I'm like, hey, can you, hey, hey, can you call me back? Like I'll answer it. <laughs> hey, can, hey, hey, call me back just one more time. <laughs> and I'll go through the whole entire process again. So now it's just a flavorful. Yeah. That's the word. Flavorful. Flavor, flavorful. Mm. Big old clock, clock, uh, clock a flavored necklace. clock, flavored, a flavored clock necklace. Yeah. Um, JP, you got anything you want to get into on this song? Nope. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Hate it. Can't stand it. I, uh, yeah. I don't know where to. Go. I've got different angles I can go. I think the the September twenty first trivia thing is pretty neat. So I was looking up stuff that happened on September twenty first to tell oh, you. Inter- okay. So I had this little game I was going to play, but for the sake of time, I don't know if I can pull it off. 
I looked up all the celebrities that I could find that were born on September 21st. Okay. And I was going to play an audio clip of them and see if you guys could guess who it was. Oh, wow. But that, How about you do an impression instead? Oh, man. Let's see if I can give clues to get people. Okay. There's a, one. We'll go married Tim McGraw. Faith Hill. So there we Faith. go. Faith. Faith Hill. Um, other one uh, has a really cool dance. Um, Is it the locomotion? It's not, but uh, <laughs> really good friends with Will Smith. MC Hammer. DJ Jazzy Jeff? No. Nope. Who are we talking about here? Hey, it's, this is a uh, this is Carlton Alfonso oh, oh. Alfonso Ribeiro. Nice. Ribeiro. Um, other guy. So I, I made all these little clips that would have been great to play, and I left the the cassette in my car. <laughs> <laughs> um, this other guy, not Uncle Jesse. Not Bob Saget. Uncle Joey. Uncle Dave Joe, Coulier. Dave Coulier. September 21st. Born on September 21st. Not Noel Gallagher, but the other one. Liam. Liam. Now, let's see. Which one is the jerk? Both. Okay. Now, they're, they're actually on <laughs> yes. speaking terms now. Oh, I good heard. for them. So good for them. Good. Maybe we'll get to hear Wonderwall again. Um, big Cubs fan. Groundhog Day. Bill. Bill. Murray. Bill Murray. Bill. September 21st. September 21st. Okay. A big day. Like and him. I really wanted to do a Jason Derulo impression, <laughs> but I could not pull it off. So he's on there. So okay. those are September 21st birthdays. And that's cool. So we didn't do the game. We did our own little mini version of the the quick version of the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's 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 get into uh, kind of the, the guts of the song and the and the writers and all that good stuff. Yes. Um, first of all, let's t- let's talk about the lyrical elephant in the room. How about that? Uh, and one of the great mysteries surrounding this song. I'm talking, of course, about body ah body It's it's what is it? Where did it come from? Um, we're going to, we're going to solve that mystery for you today. Uh, so here's the mystery of body. Ah, it is, uh, a, a spiritual, um, uh, phrase that if you repeat it over and over, it increases your funk levels by like 75%. (laughs) Um, so if you just sit in a room, uh, you have to wear, you have to wear an all white tunic. Mm. Um, a belt is allowed. It doesn't have to be like full blown dress. It can, you know, belt around the tunic. But if you, it is said that if you sit in the foyer of a bathroom <laughs> in, a, in, in a white tunic, which I'm about to pass out for you guys, uh, um, and uh, say this for an hour, body ya, body ya, body ya, over and over and over, then your then your funkiness levels will be increased. Um, is it like the like the Bloody Mary? Like if you say it five it times, is, it yes. turns like Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like Maurice is going to show up in the mirror. Like, <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll descend from the heavens. Yeah, yeah. Perfect. Um, so, uh, yeah, okay, I guess we've uh, solved that. Check. Uh, moving on. No, uh, so Body Eye was originally a placeholder lyric that Maurice White used. He Apparently he used it all the time in his writing process. It was just anytime he had a, a melody uh, or a groove or something and it didn't necessarily have the lyrics, that was kind of his, like, go-to um you know, not garbage phrase, but like his placeholder, you sure. know, people, people do it all the time. Songwriters, those, it's kind of a scat phrase, yes, you yeah. know? Um, and so he included it in the demo of this song and it just kind of stuck. They like did it so much that, you know, he just, it just stayed in the demo and stayed in the demo, stayed in the demo. Um, Allie Willis, uh, the, the other uh, lyricist on this song expressed some concern over it eventually. She, and she just said, this is her quote. I just said, what the bleep does body ya mean? Yeah. He, he essentially said, who the bleep cares? <laughs> and then she said, this is great. She said, I learned my greatest lesson ever in songwriting from him, which was never let the lyric get in the way of the groove. Come on, somebody. Yeah. Come That's on. just. 
That's A flat right there. No, it's an A. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, never let the lyric get in the way of the groove. I almost totally agree. Like if 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 we're talking pop music, now most of my context as a songwriter is in like gospel music. Sure. So it's the Lyrics flip. Got a man. It's, yeah, it's, in gospel it's, music. It's kind of the flip there. Jesus, buddy. <laughs> Uh, you know somebody has turned this into some weird, bad Christian parody. Oh, Immediately. Yeah. Somebody has done this. Um, and I, I don't you. even want to find out who. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Body Ya was originally a placeholder lyric, and it just stuck. And and Allie Miller learned a lesson from Maurice White, her greatest lesson, never let the lyric get in the way of the groove. Anybody you got anything else on Body Ya before we... Uh... We got some good Allie Willis stuff. You want to? Oh, really man, I do really want to talk about uh, Allie jump, Willis. Jump on that, because we... I'd like to see where that goes. Okay, okay, so Allie Willis, you may not know. I, I had no idea who she was, uh, but uh, she is an important contributor to American songwriting. Uh, 2018 inductee into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Uh, so uh, congratulations to Allie on that recent accomplishment. Yay. Known mainly for her collaborations with Earth, Wind & Fire, but she's also written or co-written Tons of hits, mm-hmm. uh, Pointer Sisters, The Pet Shop Boys. Uh, one of my one of my personal favorites from this list. She co-wrote Joe Esposito's "You're the Best" from the oh, Karate Kid. Oh what? my goodness! Yes, yes. what uh, a good reference best. back. Yeah, to, uh, we we keep coming back to that. Keep one. coming back to Karate Kid and specifically the songs from uh, Karate Kid. So yeah, she wrote uh, "You're the Best," but that's not the most. I don't know this this next cut of hers is as well known oh, or yeah. more well known than September. Um, and that's going to be, she wrote, do you want to play it? Yes. Let's play it. <laughs> okay. Let's just play it. This is exciting. Absolutely. Cause I think I know where you're going. <laughs> let's do it. One, two. Yeah, baby. That's I'll Be There For You by the Rembrandts. By the Friends. <laughs> by the Rembrandts and Friends. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Ali uh, Willis uh, wrote, wrote I'll Be There For You, which has a fascinating story of its own. Oh, you could yeah. almost do a whole episode on it. You want to you talk about it, JP? No, we could just do a little. I know that they didn't want it released as a single because they didn't write it. Um, oh, the Rembrandts. The Rembrandts didn't want, didn't want it released as a single. Um, she wrote the, the. I bet they didn't mind when those royalty statements right. came out. She wrote the 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 sixty second TV jingle. Yeah. That's what she wrote, and then they wrote the bridge, and so she basically just wrote the jingle part. Yeah, and then they went on. They get um, zero credit on writing the theme. But they get credit the on the album. Oh, okay. okay. So that's where they get their. So they wanted to sell tons of albums, yeah. obviously. So they didn't, but they didn't want it on the album because they didn't write it. So they they got some royalties off of it 
because of people buy the song if they know that they wrote it. Yeah. But most people don't go looking for Rembrandt's albums right. for yeah. the friends that I don't know. Yeah. I, but but no, that song was huge though. I remember the video was all over MTV. Yep. You know, it got tons and tons of airplay just on its own. God knows you couldn't go anywhere for you know three minutes without hearing it on the radio. My fa- um, my favorite fact about that song from her perspective is she hates the claps. She oh, really? can't stand really? the claps. It wasn't on the demo yeah. or, or the way she wrote it at all, and she can't stand it. And even when we were listening back through, we immediately yep. jumped in and did the claps. And I bet 93% <laughs> of you guys out there that were listening yep. did the claps along with us. Send us a tweet at Great Song Pod and let us know if you clapped along while you were listening. So, yeah. We want to know. That, that would, that, if you didn't, it's because you just have us as background noise and didn't even realize that the song was playing <laughs> because mm. it's so so contagious on that. But, yeah, that's that's something that I was going to touch on. Here's something that I found fascinating about it. Uh, so Allie uh, Willis was already, you know, an established songwriter at this point. Obviously she'd been working with Earth, Wind and & Fire and all these other artists forever uh, since the 70s. But um, she was at the end of a publishing deal. Um, so when you sign a publishing deal, well, this will make sense in a second. She, she, she was contracted to write a certain amount on this publishing deal. And she was one-seventh of a song away credit wise from being done with her publishing deal. So she's trying to get out and get done with her publishing deal. She, she, she was one seventh of a song the way it worked out. So you do co-writing and you get a certain amount of credit, right? And so let's say, you know, over time you get these fractions of songs that are just hanging out there. I wrote a third of this song with so-and-so, you know what I mean? Depending on how your publishing company structures their things. So, she was a seventh of a song away. Well, it just so happened that one of the producers of Friends, who she had worked with before, uh, called her publishing company looking for a composer who was, quote, quirky yet commercial. Hmm. Um, and they gave it to Allie Willis. She said, I always get those. Quirky, <laughs> quirky yet commercial. I'm the one that they come to. And if you, if you go to her website, it is quirky. I, that is a top three adjective you would use to describe her website. It is very quirky. Um, she's kind of found a second career in technology like long 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 before anybody else was doing it she was networking uh computers in her house as her writing and recording setup and like she's very into the technology end of things um now and so her website really reflects sort of her fascination with uh technology and just kind of weirdness in general um and so her website you should go i highly recommend you go check this out it's a it's a lesson unto itself her website has her original unedited notes from the entire writing process of this song. So from her original ideas on paper um, from to the, to the finished version with notes from the producers and, you know, and you can, you see the entire evolution of the song typed out from, from starting line to finish line um, from where it came from. And it starts out nothing like the version that, you know, <laughs> absolutely nothing like the version that, you know, um, my favorite line that didn't make it, uh, so the original is, you know, so no one told you life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke. You're broke. Your love life's DOA, right? My favorite line that didn't make it, ver- one of the versions was, so no one told you life was going to be this way. Your cat is dead. <laughs> <laughs> your cat is dead. You're broke. Your love life's DOA. Yeah. Mm. Um, that took it up a notch in intensity. Yeah. That's yeah. <laughs> an eyebrow razor. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't rhyme. No. Huh? That's, and, and none of the versions rhymed until your job's a joke. So it, that internal rhyme is such a strong hook sure. there. Your job's mm-hmm. a joke, joke you're, you're broke. broke. It really works. But in the in in the notes that leading up to the final version of it, <laughs> none of them rhyme. So it's like you know, um, I can't remember what the others are, but my cat, your your cat is dead, was definitely my favorite. Ooh, yeah. um, 
So yeah, uh, Ali uh, Willis also wrote the um, Broadway musical version of The Color Purple. Like she's just done a little bit of everything, and uh, quirky yet commercial. I think is is definitely a uh, fitting um, descriptor for her for her is, style. Is that a good segue into Meet the Band? Yeah. So we can talk about the other it. writers on there. Absolutely. Let's meet the band. Hey, let's meet the band. It's time to meet the band. Hey, mama, let's meet the band. Let's all meet the band. Hey! Okay, we're going to meet the band of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, kind of tough to know who to start with with this because they basically have two co-front men, I guess, yep. kind of deal. I'm going to actually start with Philip Irvin Bailey instead of Maurice White. So Do we're going to, on lead vocals, recorded Easy Lover with Phil Collins. Phil Collins, Man, I love that. that. Yeah, it's good stuff. He also shared the lead part on Shining Star with Maurice. His son is now a member of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, my favorite thing that he did, though, aside from the Phil Collins thing, is he put together this band to support one of my favorite albums. It's called I'll Be Thinking of You by Andre Crouch. Listen to the backing band on this album. Abram Laboriel, who played with Michael Jackson on the Dangerous album, and a ton of other people. Tons of, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Leland Sklar also played bass. So if those are your two bass players, I mean, he played with over two, on a, over 2,000 albums. America, Hall & Oates, Collins, Joe Cocker. Keys and piano, Billy Preston from The Beatles. And on harmonica, Stevie Wonder. Huh. So that's a pretty mm-hmm. good little backing band yeah, for that terrible. album. Yeah, not so terrible. Also good at putting stuff together. Uh, the other front man, lead vocals, band leader, founder, nominated for 22 Grammys, um, Maurice White. Um, developed Parkinson's in the late 80s. Um, still had I really con- thought, hang on. I really thought you he were. He invented Parkinson's. <laughs> yeah, I thought like- I rolled that out. <laughs> he came up with this thing called Parkinson's. It's really catching on. Okay, I've got to stop there. So he, uh, we'll have to edit that out. He, no. Uh, he uh, stopped touring with them because of that. Actually died in 2016. But the coolest things I thought that he did, aside from Earth, Wind, and Fire, he played drums on Fontella Bass's uh, Rescue Me. You know that song? Rescue Me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the drummer no on that. Yep. And he also played on uh, drums on Your Love Keeps Lifting Me Higher, yeah. Jackie Wilson yeah. song. So another good, another good one, He's too. also a Tennessee boy. Is he, he? Yeah. from Memphis? There you okay. go. Okay. There you go. Good, good, good plug in there. Dynamite drop in. Dynamite drop in. <laughs> right. He's credited with bringing the kalimba into pop music, which is like a thumb piano. Yeah. You know, uh-huh. um, recorded with all kinds of people: Stevie Wonder, Barry Manilow, Barbara Streisand. But I, I didn't realize he was such a prolific drummer. Like that's yeah, I didn't what, either. Didn't know because he basically just fronts this band. Now, or that's what we saw on the on base. Um, brother Maurice Verdeen White. Um, he's in everything that Earth, Wind, and Fire yeah. is related. Everything he has, he's played on everything with them. In 2008, he won the Bass Player Magazine Lifetime Achievement Award. I mean, okay. He was given that by Nathan East. He played on Jennifer Lopez, Kelly Clarkson, even a Flow Rider album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then this whole little section, the Phoenix Horns. So I get the horn section is mm-hmm. called the Phoenix Horns. So we'll just touch briefly on each of them. Donald Myrick on sax, founding member of the Association for the Advancement of Creative Musicians, AACM. He founded that. He played the sax solo on One More Night, the Phil Collins song. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a great, that's a great super tasteful solo. solo. You want to listen to it? Minute three forty seven. If you want to, well, throw, okay. Wow. Since you know it. exactly where it is, go yeah. to three forty seven. I'll pull it up. Listen. 
Mm. <laughs> yes, sir. That's fine. There you go, Donald Myrick. All day long. Money. Donnie. Money. Money. Um, on trombone? Oh, well, we can talk a little bit more about Donald. He got shot in a narcotic raid oh, when a good. cop thought a butane lighter in his hand was a weapon. No. Mm. The old butane lighter. He played on every Phil Collins album from 81 to 93 um, when he was shot. So. Jeez. Uh, Lewis Satterfield, or Louie Louie, as he's referred to, on trombone. Played with B.B. King, Muddy Waters, Helen Wolf, and he actually taught Verdine White how to play bass. There you go. So he wow. taught the bass player. Give uh, him a Lifetime Achievement Award. And yeah. and he wrote the bass line for Rescue Me. Oh! oh full circle. Back to Fontella. He didn't play on it, but he wrote it. So he doesn't play on the album, but he wrote the, the bass part on that. Now that seems weird, doesn't yep. it? Yeah. You would like, think he would have gotten to get on stage or get in the studio. Get in, yeah. Like, get in the st- he's just like, he charted it out and gave it to him and didn't didn't play it. Weird. Like, it. Let me show you how to do this. Like, suppose, uh, um, uh, assumedly, what's the word I'm looking for? That's good. Assumedly uh, works. Assume, I don't even think that's a real Assumptionally. word. Assumptionally. <laughs> yes. Um, Assumptionally speaking. <laughs> at some point. Hypothetically speaking. <laughs> there you go. I, yeah. Uh, you would assume that at some point he was like in the same room with the guy with the or gal guy who played the bass, the bass part. So why didn't he just, that's very strange to me. We're going to have to do a separate episode, like a Making the Murderer episode <laughs> mini documentary. On the on Louis Louis Satterfield. A spinoff. Yeah. Um, one of the trumpet players, couple, two trumpet players, um, one Romley Michael Davis um, could find nothing notable about him. Sorry, Mr. Davis. The other trump player, Michael Harris, was in the Gap Band, Chai Lights, Denise Williams, George Clinton, Macy Gray, and it's funny to me that... All th- that three of the four went on to do other things, and so I'm going to go back to the fact that Michael Davis did nothing. Like he was on this song and in Earth, Wind, and Fire, but he was so committed to this yeah. that he didn't venture he didn't out. Branch out. Mm-hmm. So he's that's like I got a good thing here. He's I'm like, good. yeah, I'm comfortable <laughs> with yeah. here with with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. On keyboards, I can't find who played keys on this song because. I, they have multiple keyboard players in that era. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about Larry Dunn because he was their key player at that era. He played keys uh, player with them. But David Foster also gets credit around that time, too. So we can talk about him for forever. But Larry Dunn played on Shining Star, and that's the way of the world. Um, on drums and percussion, Fred White, mm. also brother of Maurice White, left the band in the 80s, and nothing's really said about it. So like there, he left in the 80s, I don't think on hard terms. Obviously, he's family, so... Um, but I would think it would be tough to have a band leader who's the dr- who's also a drummer and play drums for his band. That's a big personality. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm. You guys are both drummers, yeah. so you can probably comment more on that. Like, if you being drummers, if your band leader was also a drummer, you think he would, and also your brother, and your brother, mm. <laughs> like, right? Yeah, I wonder if they were. Do you know which one is older? I would imagine Maurice, but I don't that's think just, it matters. That, yeah. <laughs> it don't matter. In just, that. It might be even harder. Well, that's true. If you're the younger brother, it's probably you know hard to take instruction from your older brother. Mm-hmm. But if you're older brother, it's probably hard to take instruction yeah. from your younger brother. So. Yeah. So good job, Fred, for your. And he came back in 2003, um, so he wasn't gone forever. Um, Ralph Johnson on drums and percussion is actually inducted into the Hall of Fame as their drummer. So he's listed oh. as the drummer hmm. because he was with them through the whole time, but he played percussion. On this particular um, track. Two guitar players. One, we talked about his guitar part earlier, and I'm going to get on him last. I'm going to save him for last. Al McKay. But Johnny Graham, um, he does a 
solid solo on Love's Holiday on the All in All album. That's the best thing I could find by him. A guy named Johnny Graham. But Al McKay is the main guitar player that does the the right. He helps in the writing. Um, he's a left-handed guy. He started with Ike and Tina Turner. He had this VHS that came out in the eighties. It's Al McKay Starlicks. So it's like one of those yeah. learn to play. I love those, which mm-hmm. are great. I love. Them. I know. I'm the same way. It's funny watching a left-handed guitar player teach guitar to me. Yeah. Oh, it's a. Bo- it's, yeah. it's weird. So this is definitely for left-handed players. But he's. It's for to, that, but also like when it, you hear church players that grew up listening to this, and then you'll hear those licks in church songs. Sure. Yeah. They're like yeah. amazing. It's give me the bit. Well, yeah, it's funny. He uh, he plays in a cut off sleeveless t shirt, and his Jerry curl is money. So yes. If, yes. if you get a chance to look up Al McKay's Star Licks, do it. I watched about ten minutes of it, and I counted. This is no joke. He used the this phrase. It's kind of a boogie woogie. More times than I could count. I got to about six, and I only watched like ten minutes. And I was like, "Everything is kind of a boogie." One conversation where I can say it twice. Yeah, exactly. Good job, Al McKay, on that. And man, he loves the E sharp nine chord, the Hendrix chord. That's like his chord. And he just he doesn't even reference it throughout. He's like, and then you play the chord. He, he, he just the says chord. The, chord. the chord. He's like, I found the one. It, it, this is the chord. Yeah. So if you get a chance, pick up Al McKay's uh, Starlicks. <laughs> it's, it's good stuff. And speaking of Jerry Curl, I want to go back to something that Jansen said earlier when he referred to this as Afro pop. Okay. Off the top of your head, what's everybody's best Afro they can think of? Mine would probably be Quest Love from the Roots. Oh, that's okay. my Afro solid. of choice. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go later years Prince maybe. Okay. Right? The big. Like okay. The, okay. The big, I was big thinking. Prince. Okay. Big print. Big hair print. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. I always think of. Uh, I think of two people. I think of Di- Diana Ross. Oh, female Afro. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Secondly, I think of Little Michael. I don't know who that is. Little Michael Jackson. Oh. I'm saying. I'm saying oh, like, oh, whatever young he was little. Whatever. Uh, he was young, okay. Excuse me. Yeah, little. Okay. <laughs> Gotcha. I was thinking of the movie Longest Yard. Little Michael? Like, okay. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> okay. Thank you for the clarification. I thought Young that was Michael like a Jackson. rapper now, like Little yeah. Michael. Yeah, that's what oh, I was my I would, If it was like a rapper, Bow-Wow. I would have said Little Michael. Little, you know, Little, Little Michael? Little Michael. Little. Mm. Okay. Wow. Okay. Good, Those are good. Good Afro good solid Afros. You, man, now I'm starting to think, though. Like, uh, no, they're I, all coming. Who did we miss? After you know I start saying them. No, if you're talking about guitar players, you got Hendrix. Well, yeah. So, I mean, you got the Hendrix flow, fro. Both. Yeah. Same. Flow, fro. Yeah, flow, flow. So, yeah, that's Meet the Band of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Outstanding. Um, do you know their band was originally named the Salty Peppers? The Salty no, that, Peppers. Th- it was, was that their whole entire band name? Or was that – I think that Maurice White was the original – like the band it is that he first started. I don't know that's if That's it, his – it's not all these people. Okay, but It's like it him was. and his brother and a couple of them. Okay. That, and sort of eventually morphed yeah, that into Earth, morphed Wind, and Fire. Morphed into Earth, Wind, okay. and Fire. But salty Peppers, they should have stuck with that. Yeah, not yeah. Cheryl James and Sandra Denton, Salt – and Peppa, <laughs> right. Come or DJ not be confused DJ Spinderella. DJ Spinderella. <laughs> oh man, push it real good. Shouts out to Salt and Peppa. Yeah, yeah, do it. If you're gonna push it, push it real good. I mean, really, don't don't hold back. Life lesson. If you're gonna, yeah, shoot. Uh, wow, that's a good meet the band. Great. I mean, of course, Earth Earth Wind and Fire is like one of the most top notch. Like, you know what I mean? Bands. And it's funny you said this at the beginning, Jansen, because you're like talking about their their genre, right? It's called like it's listed as Afro pop, but you said it included in this they hit R and B, they mm-hmm. hit funk, they hit pop, 
they hit jazz. Like all that rolled together is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah. There are very few bands that can pull that off, especially with any kind of credibility. Eclectic. Yeah, very eclectic and very, very solid. Like really, really solid at it. So if one of us has to be Earth and one of us has to be Wind and one of us has to be Fire, <laughs> are we all three Fire because we're all gingered? Yeah. Or who's Earth, who's Wind? I feel and like who's I can fire? be a third of Earth. <laughs> I don't know. You Wait. choose Earth? I don't know how to, I don't know how I don't to answer know. this question. <laughs> I, don't like, I, I don't either. I was sit, just trying to scroll the, through I, jokes. The closest I could get was trying to make a, a Captain Planet joke. Or like oh. wind, water, oh, okay. heart, That's good. whatever. I was but thinking I, like, okay, you play paper, rock, scissors. Which, what's your go-to? Do you guys have one that you, or you mix it up? No, I mix it up. That's good. And you're a good paper, rock, scissors player. I mm. typically feel like rock is the strongest. So I'm <laughs> it just sounds like, like the rock strongest. That's, what, win more. that's what they want you to think. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever but, do Ninja Cowboy Bear? What? No. Or you never did that? Oh, I, you do I, hate whenever that, I hate whenever you play with these kids because there's like 15 more that were. Yeah. Whatever, they're like, oh, bomb. Stick up, yeah. Oh, right. Tornado. <laughs> like, we used to you, do kid. one in church called Soldier Daniel Lion. Oh, we're my like, gosh. yeah, yeah. Soldier beat Daniel because he threw him in. Daniel beat the lion and the lion ate the soldier. <laughs> so, yeah. What wow. if you did one that's Daniel Lion Jesus and just Jesus <laughs> wins? Jesus all the Jesus. But you got to do like the cross thing, like the. Yeah, that was good. Wow. Okay. Jesus Weird sidebar. Wins. Sorry, We've guys. gotten a little off track. Yeah, we kind of digress. Sorry, that, that was my fault on that one. <laughs> uh, okay, so I want to hit a little bit of uh, a little bit more about the kind of some of the stuff inside the song, uh, and, and a little bit of music theory. This got some interesting theory uh, without getting crazy technical. Um, but I want to talk about first of all why the twenty first. I don't think we talked about this yet, right? Mm-hmm. Why September twenty first? Um, there's a very specific reason okay. that they chose the twenty first for the song. And that reason is that it sounded better than the other numbers. Oh. It has no significance whatsoever. September 21st means nothing. I thought it was going to be okay. like the yeah, Mayan calendar. No, no, no. Allie Miller said we went through all the dates. Allie Do you Willis. remember? I'm sorry. Al, why did I put Allie Miller? Shout out to Allie Miller if you're listening. Uh, shout out to you. Allie Willis. I literally wrote Miller in my notes. Is that like, a friend of yours? Yeah. Like, oh. it's yeah. so weird. Okay. <laughs> anyway, shout out. Buy, go buy Allie Miller's album if you're listening. Um <laughs> Allie Willis, sorry, uh, she said, with, we went through all the dates. Do you remember the first, the second, the third, the fourth, and the one that just felt the best was the 21st? Just just say it as they would say it. Do you remember the first night? Right, yeah. The, the second, second night, night of third. Like, they had to get all the way up to tw- <laughs> the 21. 21st. Like, I would have gone. 30th night. I would have just gone, you know what, let's just change the lyric. The, the, the numbers <laughs> isn't working. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know that you got at least 30 times to get it. Can we like stretch one out? One out of 30. Can we stretch out May? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember the night of September? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, and she said, um, she said, I constantly have people coming up to me and they get so excited to know what the significance was. And there is no significance beyond it. It just sang better than any other dates. So, sorry. Um, so another mystery solved. We're just solving mysteries today. Man. Just one after the Now fire's all over the place. Yeah. Um, I want to talk about a, a line in the, I believe it's in the second verse uh, that says, uh, blue talk and love. That's the line in the second verse. Um, blue talk. I don't know if you guys know this or if the listeners know, you may already know that blue talk, quote unquote, refers to language or speech that is like inappropriate or off color. Okay. Um, I did not so know this. like when a comedian uses salty language in their act, they are said to be quote unquote working blue. Okay. Um, and, uh, but what you may not know, even if you know that, and this is what I learned in the process of researching the song is that that terminology originates from the phrase, the blue pencil, which refers to 
uh, editing pencils that editors used, uh, and by extension, censorship. So editors used to use blue pencils to mark changes to scripts so that they were easily identifiable. You knew that if you saw a blue mark that the, the, that the editors were basically censoring something uh, or changing something. And so blue pencils gave way to offensive terms being called blue, and that's where the blue talk referred to in the song comes from. They're like making kind of off-color jokes with each other, you know, in a flirty way. like Making okay. blue jokes. Yeah, making blue jokes, blue talk and love. So they're kind of being, you know, like, um, you know, a little extra friendly with their jokes maybe. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Some a little PG thirteen, yeah, jokes. exactly. PG thirteen with the jokes, you know, blue talking love. We're just, you know, it's such a feel good song. Like, it's um, it's just we're just out having a good time, you know. Like uh, me and you, September. It's it's this is happening. This is you know. All you need is a light jacket. Yeah, just the twenty first night. Tie around your waist, and yeah, yeah, just just in case, just in case. Mm. If you're going to a ball game, it might get cool at night. Maybe you know, maybe just, a cap. Yeah, yeah. Nice little, I feel like we're gone into soft talk. Just get close to the mic and a lot of air. Please welcome our guests. Do you guys have people that are in your life that every time they go to a movie theater or a restaurant, they're like, I have to have my sweater. Yeah. Like in case it gets chilly. My wife's like that. She's like, oh, we're going to the movie but theater. But she can't need, bring her own sweater. She's got to have your sweater. Are you going to wear your jacket in? That's the well, yeah, You have your jacket. I know I have my jacket. But, but. I don't want to wear it. If you wear yours in, I can use yours inside. Right. Like, yeah. Mm. yeah. But then you're out in the cold. <laughs> hey. There we go. Uh, okay. All right. I do want to talk about uh, just a little bit about the music theory of this song because it is uh, a driving force of what makes this song so awesome um, because it's one of these songs, and we've talked about a specific chord before. I believe it was in the Monkees episode on the Pleasant okay. Valley Sunday episode. We talked about a chord that was a – the bass was the root note of the song, um, but the chord over the top of it was the flat seven chord mm-hmm. of the scale. So if you're in the key of C – uh, you'd be talking about a B flat, B flat over C chord. Or in this case, we're talking about a G over an A. So a G chord on top, uh, specifically a G major nine chord in this case, mm. uh, over an A bass note. And that's the only time that this song goes to the the tonic note, which is the the you know, this key's in the this song is in the key of A, and it never really lands on an A chord. It lands on this um, G major nine over a, which doesn't really resolve. It keeps you guessing. It, yeah. And it tells you like that chord is basically, it basically acts as a setup chord, a setup. Here's chord. where I'm going. Yes. So you get in this cyclical pattern that the, the music to the song never lands. It never stops. It never resolves the tension, but the tension is good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like the tension is a party, so why would you want to stop? Mm-hmm. So um, you're gonna if, have to fade it out. Yeah, exactly. yeah, so much so that, that you just can't stop it. Yeah, you just if you get stuck playing the song, that's what you do for the rest of your life. Fine, you, just, you're, you know, yeah. you just yeah. So um, it, it's a thing where it's it dances around the one and it sets up the one. You know, it's going four, three, uh, uh, four, three, two, six. Yep. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that kind of thing, and then it lands on. But that is the chord that that has this. Let's take a listen uh, real quick. And uh, I just want us to hear this chord in that context and and think about how it sets up the fact that it's basically that chord only sets up the four chord, which is the chord that comes next. It never really lands. If it did land, it would sound weird. Do you have your guitar? Yeah. Go get your guitar. We're going to do an experiment. (laughs) 
Okay, so this is unprecedented in the history of the podcast. We've brought an actual musical instrument into the studio with us. Uh, JP brought his trusty Takamini guitar. Mm. And uh, so uh, I'm going to kind of demonstrate what it, what it might sound like. I haven't done this, so uh, what it might sound like if this chord landed on the straight one instead of this, instead of this chord that leads to the next. I hope it's going to sound weird this is as gonna that. It's going to be fun. Oh, man. So, okay. So you've got... Uh, And then, okay, that's what you that's what you get. But uh, so let's let's try. Bonnie, say that you remember. Bonnie, dancing in September. Bonnie, never was a cloudy day. <laughs> it's not, it's not as bad as it's I expected awful, it to be, but it's pretty. <clears throat> yeah, it's, it's it's pretty. It loses it's too its, pretty. Yeah. It loses its guts. The, yeah, it's the the other way is just beautiful. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not as awkward it's as I hoped it would because, be. And I laugh because I was used to hearing it the other way. But it's it's the chord, so yeah. it's not wrong. It's yeah. just missing a little something. It's, yeah, it's missing the flavor that keeps us this song. I don't think it would be the same level of groovy. It's missing the Afro pop. It's missing yeah, the Afro pop. Uh, yeah. Aren't mm-hmm. we all? I uh, mean, I know I am. Yeah. I'm definitely <laughs> missing the Afro pop. Um, uh, yeah. So, I, okay. I was hoping that would just that be worked. super you cringy. Were hoping it would just be gross. But yeah. I was, yes. I was hoping it would feel I disgusting. I liked the lesson, though, because that was a good little lesson. We got sure. to audible, not audibly, not yeah, visually, audibly, yeah. audibly uh-huh. uh, experience the lesson. Yeah. How about good. that? So, uh, uh, yeah, audibly, not orally. There we go. Right? Orally. Or- orally oh. is hearing, orally is speaking. So both is how normal, but audibly you got to hear it out loud. <sighs> I'm tired now. Vocab lessons. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of vocab lessons, I want to hit one more thing before we're finished with this episode. I want to talk for just a second about the Oxford comma. Roll it. Mm. So uh, this band is Earth, Wind, and Fire. Not in observation of the Oxford comma. The Oxford comma is the comma that if you have a list of three or more items, uh, it's the comma that goes after the next to last item in the list. So if you're making a grocery list and you say, I need eggs, bread, and milk, if you use the Oxford comma, uh, you would say, I need eggs, comma, bread, comma, and milk, milk. right? Um, So it's to differentiate and make sure that the reader knows that the last two things are not connected, right? So that it's... um, You don't need bread and milk combined or whatever the second Yes, exactly. I don't need milky bread. Exactly. So like uh, there are some really bad uh, Oxford comma accidents out there. You know what I mean? Uh, Bad Oxford comma examples. Uh, Let me hit you with just a couple so that you understand what I'm talking about. Here's a list. I'm just pulling up a random BuzzFeed list. 15 reasons you should definitely use the Oxford comma. Um, so with the Oxford comma, uh, we invited the strippers, comma, JFK, comma, and Stalin. That's really random. Without the Oxford comma, it is we invited the strippers, comma, JFK, and Stalin. So like the implication is the, the first is you invited three separate people. Right. But if you just say we invited the strippers, comma, JFK and Stalin, it's that JFK and Stalin were the strippers. Oh, like, you know what I'm saying? Mm. We invited the strippers, JFK and Stalin. (laughs) 
okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, that is why the Oxford comma is important, right? Um, why do all these examples involve strippers? This is so weird. Because why not? Um, so they're all about inviting people too. BuzzFeed, what's your problem? Um, I had I had eggs, comma toast, comma and orange juice. Versus I had eggs, comma toast and orange juice, where you've got like orange juice on top of the toast. You know, I work better with like mac and cheese, like bread, mm-hmm. comma macaroni, comma and cheese. Yes, or bread. Uh, macaroni, macaroni and cheese. cheese. Yes. Man, I just, yeah. Who needs BuzzFeed? You who got, need, yeah. I just, I need yeah, my headphones back. That's awesome. Oh, cool. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So, I personally am a big subscriber of the Oxford comma. People started deleting it. Uh, not people. Really, newspapers starting it started mm-hmm. deleting it to be able to fit more words in the same space of newsprint. Um, but I'm a strong proponent of the Oxford comma, as I feel it is a clarifying um, thing. And now, um, it doesn't really matter. You know what I'm saying? And newspapers are dead anyway. Who cares? But <laughs> Earth, Wind, and Fire, no, 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 no moss to the to the Oxford comma. Uh, it is Earth, comma, Wind, and Fire. Hmm. So I don't know if there's a significance there or if they really just didn't put much thought into it. Fiery wind. I know yeah. that the the band name came from his astrological chart as he's a Sagittarius. Okay. So he's Earth, Air, and Fire. Okay. But... It okay. just doesn't roll as good as mm-hmm. Earth, yeah. Wind, and Wind. It just no. Mm-mm. Better. Mm-mm. Now, and then again, Captain Planet is Earth, Fire, Wind, Water, and Heart. So if you combined Earth, Wind, and Fire. And Heart. And Heart. Holy mm. cow. Wow. I mean, that would be Captain Planet. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> That's a good way to look. Shoo. Let's see. Earth, Air, Wind, Water. We need a water band to create. Aqua. To create. Oh, oh. <laughs> is that Barbie Girl? I think so. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Yeah. No, uh, aqua's green. That's what I was thinking of agua in Spanish. Yeah, yeah, but, but aqua is kind of yeah, it's water related. Water related. Oh right? yeah, absolutely. There's got to be somebody. But who's a good water band, uh, water act that you could create the perfect musical Captain Planet with? Let us know on Twitter. Hit us up at Great Song Pod uh, and let us know what water band you would use to complete the musical Captain Planet. That- <laughs> <laughs> to go with Earth, Wind, and Fire. Yeah, and that's heart. right. Earth, Wind, and Fire, and Heart, and Aqua, and who? <laughs> What if that's the best one? That, oh, if man. that's the only please water band? Please, someone trump that. Yes, please. Uh, the Little River Band, maybe. Or, you, oh, say, you know what I mean? It's like somebody, it, it, anything. Somebody save us uh, from from <laughs> Barbie Girl being involved in this. Uh, okay. So uh, that's about going to wrap it up uh, for this episode of the Great Song Podcast. Shouts out to Jansen Furrow. Thanks, Thanks for so much us, for being Yeet. our guest this week. Uh, where again can the people find you on social media? Jansen the Ginger. At Jansen the Ginger. That's J A N S O N. Not Jason, not Jansen. Not Jasmine. <laughs> not Jasmine. Uh, yeah. Not PP. Not PP. Jansen. Right. Jansen the Ginger. It's kind of a boogie woogie. Uh, <laughs> we'll see you next week. I'm Rob. I'm JP. Go listen to some music. <laughs>